You're listening to Empire State of Sports. I'm your host, Anthony DiRienzo. Today, we're going to be covering the 2020 NFL Draft. Welcome to Empire State of Sports podcast. What this podcast will primarily focus on are baseball, basketball, and football within New York sports. We'll cover the big teams like the New York Yankees, the New York Mets, the New York Giants, the New York Jets, the Brooklyn Nets, and the New York Knicks. With that being said, let's get right into it. This Thursday night is the 2020 NFL Draft. It is going to be a pretty insane one. Very unpredictable. We don't know what teams are going to do. There's a lot of question marks on everyone's draft boards regarding to players, especially Tua. That's the big storyline here. In my draft class, I feature only one trade in the first round. There obviously could be many more, but it will be hard to tell until the draft actually takes place to see when players are falling and what needs different teams need in order to move up. So we'll start right off with the Cincinnati Bengals. I have them selecting quarterback Joe Burrow out of LSU. Burrow won Heisman last year for college football, and he also led LSU to a national championship. Burrow is, in my opinion, the perfect quarterback prospect. He has everything you want besides an arm, but people can argue that that's a place that he could definitely work on when he gets to the NFL. He is very, very smart. He could read defenses very quickly, and he is a very accurate player. He also works pretty good in the pocket. Like we said, the arm strength is not there yet, but he elevated LSU's offenses to heights that they've never seen before. And I'm very confident that Joe Burrow will succeed with Cincinnati. Cincinnati has a decent offensive place around him, depending on whether Joe Mixon holds out, the whole A.J. Green situation. But I believe Burrow will go in there and succeed quickly. With the second pick, the Washington Redskins select Chase Young, defensive end out of Ohio State. So the best pass rusher in this draft, probably the best pass rusher we've seen in a while. I don't know if you could say better than Bosa, but he's definitely a freak nature. He's coming in at 265 pounds entering the draft, and he'll probably put on more weight as he transitions to the NFL, building more muscle. But I just think he's everything you want in an NFL prospect entering the draft. He's got fluid release out of his stance. He's very fast, which is another big upside, especially coming in at 265 pounds. We usually don't see that with the rushers being that fast at that weight size, but Chase Young has it all. With the third overall pick, the Detroit Lions select Jeff Akuda. This comes after trading away Darius Slay. Akuda is a very, very good cornerback. He's a very quick cornerback. He baits quarterbacks easily. He creates multiple opportunities to attack the football because of his elite range of motion. He is an insane athlete. He's very talented. He's good on man, good on zone. He is your typical cornerback prototype that you want at the number third overall spot, especially replacing Darius Slay. Coming in at number four is New York's own, the New York Football Giants. I had them selecting with the fourth overall pick, Tristan Wirfs, tackle out of Iowa. Now, the interesting thing here is with picking Wirfs over a guy like Jedrick Wills is because of Wirfs' ability to move. He's a lot faster. He seems a lot more athletic from film that I've watched, and I just believe he will fit a lot better on this offense. The other thing that I was found pretty interesting is a lot of teams that were eyeing down orbs want to move them to guard especially the lower teams after the giants that are picking have pretty good strength to tackle but i could see the giants moving him to left tackle if they find a suitor for solder in the near future but for now worfs is going to stay put at right tackle for the giants um in regards to isaiah simmons i believe simmons is the best player at this spot 
I don't think he's going to have as much an impact on the Giants than Werfs would have because of the offensive lineman situation. So I believe Werfs coming in and filling a big hole for this Giants team could help Saquon exceed, help Daniel Jones exceed, and really give what the Giants haven't had in a long time, a good offensive line. And I'm not going to go into the second round in this podcast, but definitely in the second round they could go center, which would really build their offensive line and something the Giants have not been able to figure out in the past couple of years. At number five, this is probably the biggest surprise of the draft. I have the Miami Dolphins selecting quarterback Justin Herbert out of Oregon. Now, this was big to pass up on Tua Tungalavoa. I believe Tua is the better player, but he's the biggest risk out of any player in this draft. Herbert has the potential and the capability of being great because he doesn't have that track record that Tua has with the injuries. Herbert's ready to play, and he's going to go in there day one and start for Miami if they pick him. I believe he's everything that they need quarterback-wise. Obviously, Tua had the arm. Tua had the mobility, but Herbert's got a great arm. He's got great feet. He's very, very accurate. I always compare his accuracy to Joe Burrow, but we really can't know yet because the style he was playing in Oregon, he didn't have a lot of talent around him, and I could relate this to Daniel Jones last year at Duke, playing with not a lot of talent around him and still being the sixth overall pick last year, and he showed to be a pretty well quarterback, and I compare Justin Herbert to that because of the talent that he had around him in college. So coming down to number six with the Chargers, I have him selecting Isaiah Simmons, linebacker out of Clemson. Now, the reason I made them have the selection and not go with Tua, even though they need a quarterback, is I believe that they're going to stick with Tyrod for now, and if they go quarterback, it will be someone like Cam Newton. I don't think they're going to take the risk on Tua. I don't know if it's worth it, that sixth spot, when you get a guy like Isaiah Simmons. From what I've read and heard, it looks like Tyrod Taylor could be a guy that they rely on heavily this season and say, hey, let's give him a chance that he never had here in L.A. So with the next pick, the Carolina Panthers select Derek Brown, defensive tackle out of Auburn. They're going to pair him up with Short at that defensive line position. I believe Derek Brown is the best defensive tackle in this draft. He is a very explosive player. He's dynamic force, a two-gap defender, and I believe he'll succeed with Carolina, and that team is definitely going to make it far, probably farther than any of these top teams will make it due to the talent they have, and I'm pretty excited to see how Teddy Bridgewater plays. So coming in at number eight, the Arizona Cardinals, the second-best tackle in this draft, Jedrick Wills. I have the Giants passing up on him at that number four spot, and I believe he'll fall here to the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals in very desperate need of backing up Kyler Murray before it's too late. He's coming to his sophomore year, traded for DeAndre Hopkins. They have a great offense around him. The only thing is that they're lacking is their offensive line, so it makes sense to go with the next best available offensive lineman. And in that, I have Jedrick Wills. At number nine, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars selecting C.J. Henderson, cornerback out of Florida. This definitely replaces the big need in trading away Jalen Ramsey last year to the Rams. C.J. Henderson was very, very good. He's a highly talented cover corner, advanced technique skills, and he can cover well than a lot of the corners in this draft can. He's the second best on my board, and the way he plays man coverage, he definitely could be up there with Jeff Okuda as the best in this draft class. So with the 10th overall pick, I have Cleveland trading out of this spot and trading with the New England Patriots for their 23rd pick the 87th pick, and Joe Tooney. So I feel Cleveland had to get rid of Tooney, and after shopping around, they find out that Cleveland has the best offer for them, where they're only asking them to give up the 23rd pick, the 87th pick, and Joe Tooney. So I think they're doing this to get rid of Tooney, and they get a pretty good pick at 10, where they go on and select Tua Tungalaivoa. I have them selecting Tua here for one reason, and that's their quarterback position. They don't know yet. 
and I think it's hard to take a risk on Sidham. He was a fourth-round pick, so if he doesn't pan out to be the player he was, and that's okay. He was a pretty low pick. But coming here now with Tua, it's an even bigger risk. They could let Sidham develop. If it doesn't work out, you get Tua back, and you just got to see how Tua plays out. And if Tua does end up getting hurt and he doesn't have the NFL career that people think he will have, you have Sidham there still. So... It's going to be definitely a risky situation there, but I don't see any players that the Patriots really need that they would draft besides Tua in that situation. So with the 11th pick, I have the New York Jets selecting Makai Becton. So I wanted to go Jerry Judy here, and obviously that's a nice pick. They don't have a very good receiving core, but they really, really need a tackle. And offensive lineman Makai Becton, Pending the drug test that did get waived, we're not sure yet what happened, but I think Becton's still going to get selected there. He's a great offensive tackle. He's strong. He's weighing 370 pounds, probably the heaviest tackle here. I believe Wills was around that as well, but he's going to be a very, very good left tackle, and the Jets are pretty lucky to get him here at 11. With Becton going off the board at 11, that means that there are already three tackles gone, and there might be some more coming out because Thomas is still on the board. So... With the 12th overall pick, I have the Las Vegas Raiders selecting Jerry Judy. I feel like they need receiver. He's the best receiver in the class. Jets just passed up on him for a tackle that they needed desperately. They get Gruden, his star receiver. They give Carr a star receiver after trading away Amari Cooper, which seemed like a bad choice at the time and panned out to be a very, very bad choice with the way he succeeded and now the way he's getting paid with Dallas. But I believe Jerry Judy could step in and help Las Vegas become a lot better, especially that's one area that they lack in having receivers. Next up, the 49ers acquired the 13th pick from Indianapolis, and I have been selecting CeeDee Lamb, the second-ranked wide receiver on the board. He comes right behind Judy. He is very, very good on um, contention. A lot of people are comparing him to DeAndre Hopkins, and if you can get a guy like DeAndre Hopkins at the 13th pick, that would be insane. The receiving core was one of their weak spots last year. They brought in Emmanuel Sanders halfway through the year, and he succeeded well. But I feel like CeeDee Lamb could be that number one receiver for the Niners in the near future. With the 15th pick, I had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers selecting Andrew Thomas tackle out of Georgia. So this is the fourth offensive tackle taken within the first 14 picks. I believe Thomas is a perfect fit for the Buccaneers. His pass rushing is weaker than his uh, run blocking ability, but I feel Thomas will fit right in with this Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense. He's definitely NFL ready, probably more ready than a lot of these guys. The only thing is that he's not as quick as a guy like Wirfs, a guy like Wills, or a guy like Mackay Becton, but got the ability to stop a speed pass rusher on a team, and I believe he's got a Pro Bowl ceiling. It's going to be interesting to see how he pans out there in Tampa Bay. Coming in with the 15th overall pick, the Denver Broncos selecting Henry Ruggs, wide receiver out of Alabama. Ruggs is the third receiver taken off the board. He is a very good route runner, probably the best out of both Judy and CeeDee Lamb. Both of them are more deep threats than Ruggs. He's got short to uh, intermediate passing, perfect for Drew Locke as he's still getting started off in this league. And being a top 15 selection in this draft for Ruggs, I feel like he could be a threat in that Denver Broncos passing game. Coming in at number 16, I have the Atlanta Falcons selecting A.J. Terrell, cornerback out of Clemson. Terrell here is going to be the third cornerback taken in the NFL draft. He's very good in soft press coverage. He took a big leap from his freshman to sophomore year, and he was very well for Clemson last year, helping them produce one of the better defenses in college football. With the 17th pick, I have the Dallas Cowboys selecting Edge out of LSU, Clavian Chasen. He was a very explosive player. 
He's comparing himself to Chase Young, which a lot of people are as well. He's saying he's the best prospect in this class. He had the 2018 ACL tear, which is going to hurt him, but he is a very explosive player, second best edge in this draft, and getting him at 17 after losing Quinn will definitely fill some big shoes. With the 18th pick, Miami Dolphins, their second selection of the draft, I have them going Josh Jones tackle out of Houston. This is going to be the fifth tackle off my draft board, and it is only the 18th pick. So we continue that uh, trend of tackles going. He's got a very high ceiling, but it's going to take some time to work on. I think that's something that Miami can wait. They're not a team that's going to win now. Josh Jones, out of all the tackles, is the least developed. Another weak spot on him will be his footwork, but once again, Miami's going to have to be patient with developing him and helping him succeed at the level that they need him to. At number 19, I have the Las Vegas Raiders selecting Kenneth Murray, linebacker out of Oklahoma. Another position they really need to fill on. They did go with the receiver at number 12 and Judy. And now going with the linebacker here, a uh, very significant need that we saw last year at their defense getting exploded in the middle of the field. At number 20, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars going with A.J. Epineza, defensive end out of Iowa. Another very explosive pass rusher comparable to Chase Young and uh, Clavian Chasen. It's going to take some time with A.J. Epineza, but he has really developed well. The second Iowa player going on this board. Coming in at number 21, I have Patrick Queen linebacker out of LSU. Those two LSU linebackers were very explosive, and they're going to prove it here. Philly gets a uh, linebacker that they need. The receiver is not there as two already went, even though Justin Jefferson is still on the board. But I feel going linebacker, it will uh, definitely help their defense in the future. At number 22, I have the Minnesota Vikings who acquired that pick from Buffalo when they traded away Stephon Diggs. They feel that need with picking Justin Jefferson, wide receiver, out of LSU. Jefferson led the league last year in receptions. He was second in touchdowns and third in yards. He's going to be the fourth receiver taken off the board here and fills a big need for Minnesota. With the 23rd pick, the Browns, who acquired that pick from New England in the trade earlier, they select Xavier McKinney, safety out of Alabama. Cleveland, they have a very talented roster on paper. We didn't see them play that well last year, but one weak spot on paper and while playing was their safety position. And they get Xavier McKinney here. With the 24th pick, the New Orleans Saints select Jordan Love, quarterback out of Utah State. On my draft board, I believe Jordan Love is better than Tua. I'm not high on Tua at all due to the injuries. And having Love fall to you at 24 is big. I was looking at Green Bay at 30. They could trade up potentially to jump New Orleans. New Orleans has probably been the highest team right now in Jordan Love, especially after losing Teddy Bridgewater in free agency. But Love will be that quarterback for them after Drew Brees is gone. At number 25, Minnesota picks again. And I have them going with Austin Jackson, offensive tackle out of USC, another tackle gone. He's got very good length and very good mobility. He just can't stay that balanced. And they're not a heavy um, running offense. So protecting the pass is definitely a stronger spot for Jackson. Coming in here at number 26, Miami with their third selection of the night select, DeAndre Swift, running back out of Georgia. He's going to be the first running back off my board of the night. He's not the fastest running back that we're seeing in this draft class, but when he goes head-to-head against defenders, he's very strong. He's got good vision. Just the only thing is that he dealt with a lot of injuries throughout his career at Georgia, so it's going to be interesting to see if those injuries continue in Miami, but once again, a team that's not in a win-now mode and could take a risk on a guy like DeAndre Swift over J.K. Dobbins. Coming in at number 27, the Seattle Seahawks select... Couture Gross Mates, the linebacker 
out of Penn State. He's an edge. Once again, a very skilled, uh, fast pass rusher. Coming in here at number 28, the Baltimore Ravens select Zach Bond, linebacker out of Wisconsin. Fills a need that they needed at that linebacker position. They had everything they needed on offense, so it felt silly to pick an offensive player with this pick. Instead, they go at one of their weaker positions on defense, which is linebacker. The thing is that he broke his foot in 2017 and re-injured that same foot again in 2018. If it wasn't for those injuries, Bond maybe could have been a little bit higher in this class, but he falls to Baltimore, which seems like a pretty good pick, bearing no injuries. Coming in at number 29, I have the Tennessee Titans selecting Kristen Fulton, cornerback out of LSU. Fulton was a senior this past season. Great man coverage, great zone coverage. Just the tackling isn't there yet. And he had a suspension back in 2017. It was a... Uh, drug test violation so interesting to see there that he goes to tennessee at number 29 but the skill sets there it's not a play you could pass up on and let him slip to the second round especially with the need there for tennessee coming in here at number 30 for green bay i have them selecting trevon diggs cornerback out of alabama another senior getting taken here who's also a cornerback great zone coverage and once again tackling isn't there a lot of these corners have to work on their tackling in this draft but it is a heavy coverage draft he uh, played wide receiver throughout high school, and he's got that speed. So good pick there for Green Bay. Coming in at number 31, San Francisco's second selection tonight. I've been going Ross Blacklock, the interior defensive lineman out of TCU. He had an Achilles injury back in 2018, another reason why he slipped out here to number 31 to San Francisco. He's a power defensive lineman. He's just got to get that skill set in and work on his footing a little bit better. And with the final selection in the first round, the Kansas City Chiefs select J.K. Dobbins, running back out of Ohio State. I compared him to Josh Jacobs because of his size and agility. He's got great vision, great balance, and I think he's a perfect fit for a Kansas City team that still does not seem set on their running back for long term. Once again, I feel like the rest of these rounds throughout the draft are very in-depth, and you could see a lot of guys flying off the board in the second, third, and fourth round that could possibly have went in the first round in other years. But this year's draft is so insane and so stacked that Thursday night is going to be a wild ride. Thank you guys for listening to the first episode of the Empire City Sports Podcast.